Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. As always, I hope you had a great week. You can find Let's Talk Micro on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, GoodPods, Overcast. Wherever you find podcasts, you can find Let's Talk Micro. As far as social media, I am on Instagram as Let's Talk Micro, no apostrophe, and on Twitter as Let's Talk Micro 1. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Luis Plaza. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, follow, leave any feedback. You know, leave comments on the once you subscribe and listen to the episodes. Leave any feedback on social media, any possible podcast topics. Feedback and topics, you know, they are always welcome and appreciated. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode of Let's Talk Macro, go ahead and do so. Great episode about rabies. It was actually published on World Rabies Day, which was on September 28th. So it is very informative. You know, Dr. Rodney Rohde from Texas State University, a very experienced microbiologist, he came on to the podcast and he talked about rabies, you know, transmission, what kind of virus it is, what can we do for prevention. So it was a very educational and informative episode. So go ahead and check it out. And I did a previous episode on teaching microbiology remotely about how, you know, Dr. Marcos Garcia Ojeda from the University of California, how he, you know, what he did with his students so they could get hands-on experience with microbiology. And this adaptation style of teaching was a result of the pandemic. You know, as you know, when the pandemic hit, educators had to adapt because the teaching mode switched from in-person to remote to online learning. So how do we teach microbiology remotely? How do we teach those hands-on skills? So educators had to adapt. And today's episode is also an interview episode, and it is about teaching microbiology remotely. So it is about an article titled Teaching Microscopy Remotely, Two Engaging Options, and two guests joined the podcast. They are two educators, two college professors. One is Catherine Leonetti, and the other one is Heather Townsend. And they talk about the approaches that they use to teach microscopy remotely. One of them involved students taking microscopes home, and then the other approach involved students using a program called Scope from the University of Toledo, where they have access to an electron microscope. So in this episode, uh, Catherine and Heather, they talk about their approaches, you know, what worked well, what didn't, and they also talk in the episode of how they have incorporated these approaches moving on, you know, as in-person teaching has resumed, how much they have learned from these methods. So it was a very, it was a very interesting episode. It was very informative, very educational. I had a great time recording it. Um, Catherine or, or Kathy and Heather, you know, they have a great chemistry and they have never met in person. With the pandemic, they have collaborated you know, via distance, but they have never met in person. And yet, from the way they talk, from the way that they, you know, their chemistry, you will think that they are, they work in the same department. So that's amazing. So let's go ahead and listen to the episode. So on today's episode, 
I have an interview. I have two guests here. So I did a previous episode on how educators have adapted to remote teaching. You know, how do we teach microbiology, which involves, you know, using so many hands-on techniques? How do we do that for students that are learning on a remote basis? So today I have here two guests. I have um, Catherine Leonetti and Heather Townsend, and they are here to talk about an article called Teaching Microscopy Remotely, Two Engaging Options. This was published on March of 2022 in the Journal of Microbiology and Biology Education of the American Society for Microbiology. So Kathy and Heather, welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Okay, so for the listeners, let's go ahead and start with an introduction. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. My name is Heather Townsend. I am a professor of biology at the Community College of Rhode Island. I primarily teach the introductory mi microbiology course to a lot of our nursing students, but then I also teach an organismal biology course and a human health and disease course. And I'm Kathy Leonetti, a professor of biology at Monmouth University in New Jersey. And I'm teaching a general microbiology course for biology majors and health uh, studies majors, anyone interested in the health professions. I also teach an introductory uh, to molecular and cell biology to biology majors. And I'm also teaching a first year seminar course for biology majors. Okay, well, thank you once again and a pleasure having you both here. So I'll be asking some questions as we go along, but. Can uh, you start with an overview of this article, uh, what was done for teaching remotely? Well, we were thrown into the situation with COVID having to teach remotely. And at the time, ASM's uh, Division on Education, who, was headed, who is headed by Rachel Horak, put together a series of weekly meetings, and she called it MicroEDU Live. And on Fridays at one o'clock, we got together via Zoom and just shared ideas. These were all different educators in the field of microbiology and biology education. So we shared ideas and um, kind of went back and forth about um, how we were going to approach teaching remotely and teaching microbiology remotely. So it was really born out of um, us connecting with one another and actually Heather introduced the one of the programs that, that she'll talk about and um, the um, scope program where you could remotely operate, students could remotely operate an electron microscope. She talked about that in a meeting and then I connected with her about that. So she taught me about that. And then at the same time, we were all trying to think of how are we gonna teach microscopy? And I, thought about sending the students home with microscopes, which I know some of the other educators had talked about. So it really came about through this kind of collaborative effort that Rachel had set up so that we could talk to each other and, um, and learn from each other. And it was really a beautiful experience. Yeah, I, I agree. I um, Once we started all having those Friday meetings and then once Kathy and I had both used the school program, I, you know, contacted her and said, hey, let's, let's write this up. You know, I, I, this was one of the first articles I'd ever published. And because uh, at a community college, we just don't focus on publishing. Um, and so, and she gladly accepted. And so we kind of went on this endeavor of writing this article. And it was a really great experience. I was really happy Heather reached out. 
Okay, so since so we have here two different um, approaches. So, uh, Kathy, what was yours? Mine was um, basically I was using what I had learned from ASM, uh, the Micro EDU Live program, about how to do microbiology at home. And so, some of what I sent the students home with were laboratory kind of mock-up kind of things. But I really wanted to have them have a rich, robust experience with microscopy. So in my mind, I really needed to send them home with microscopes and not just any microscope. I wanted them to have an oil immersion objective lens on their microscope so they could look at bacteria and they could really see, um, have a good experience. And I wanted to create uh, an environment where they would be doing what they would be doing in the laboratory and learning how to focus and learning how to distinguish between the microbes. And so I, I had to look for microscopes that were going to be affordable. And we're lucky because we're a small university and the class sizes are small and only my two sections of the class were running this way. So we didn't have to purchase a huge number of microscopes. So I, I got a good deal on an oil immersion uh, objective lens containing microscope, and we were able to or twisted arms a little bit, and we were able to send them home with the um, with the microscope. So they they got microscopes, they got kits, they got um, uh, prepared slides. They had some in-house made slides that we sent them home with. And um, they did some staining procedures using methylene blue and prescribed procedures so that everything would be safe. Um, they did not use any live bacteria. They were not sent home with live bacteria, but they could take specimens from um, their homes. So yogurt, kombucha, uh, soil. I, I sent them out to get pond water one day. So they would be looking at these things and they'd be taking pictures with their cell phones and uploading the pictures. So what was nice about that is that in the lab in person, they tend to want the professor and other students to focus for them, but at home, they had no choice. They had to focus themselves. So they really had to learn how to use the microscope. And um, they enjoyed the experience. And for me on the other end, a lot of what I learned I still use today. They're still uploading their pictures because I found that's a much better way for me to look and show them what their micrographs are really showing rather than them looking through the microscope, me moving their head over, and then me looking through the microscope and pointing with the pointer. Still uploading the pictures has worked very well. And I also allow them to choose some specimens of their choice to do staining on and, and look at, because that gives them that, that sense of excitement and that ownership. So a lot of what I've learned, we're still using in the laboratory today, which has really been very nice. Um, yes, you know, that, that getting that, that experience with the microscope is very important. You know, and I, I, I witnessed that firsthand when I came back, right, when we were allowed back to teach in person and we had students that had taken online courses and they had like difficulty focusing with the microscope. So that's definitely something that you get used to from anywhere from putting your slide correctly, like you said, you know, focusing, even being able to, you know, look with both eyes. That sometimes, you know, might take us some time. So the chance that they got to do this at home, it was definitely beneficial for them. And also being at home, 
they didn't have, we have a three hour lab. They didn't have the confines of the three hour lab. They didn't have that pressure to feel that they've got to finish it, even though I tell them they can come in and look outside of class time. If, when they're at home, they can do it at their leisure. So it, 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 I think it made it a little bit more relaxed, but also they could bring in other people to look under the scope. So I heard about friends and family members and looking through the scope and, and, and then putting other things under the scope. So I think it really increased the excitement of using the microscope because they could look at a lot of other things, a lot of other specimen under the microscope than just what I sent them home with. So I think that was really, and it also um, increased the inclusivity of it because family members, friends, little brothers and sisters wouldn't necessarily be able to look through the microscope if they were in the lab in person, but at home they could do that. And um, I think it afforded them an opportunity that they might not have been able to, to have in, in you know, any other way. It also, uh, when you're showing somebody else what you're looking at, you have to teach them what you're looking at and you have to focus for them and you have to show them how to do this. So. I think it also gave them ownership in a different way. I really like that you still do it now that you're we're back in face, you know, face to face, because I have found that, you know, a lot of the things that I did while remote teaching, I somehow now incorporated into our class and it, it better prepares them. I feel like they just it's they're more invested in it when you kind of give them that that option. So I really like that you still do that. Okay. And and Heather, so what was your approach? So um, when, you know, March 2020, right, our favorite term as educators to talk about or a date, when it hit, I, you know, I um, really struggled with how I was going to move all these labs online. I, you know, pre-pandemic, I did not teach a single course online. And specifically, my department did not have any labs online because, you know, none of us thought it could actually be done effectively. So nobody did it. And so obviously we had to, and so I, I would literally stay up until like two o'clock in the morning, every night, like just searching and searching for things that I could have my students do. Like, you know, I, I didn't want them just to have to read something and then write something. I wanted them to be as immersive as they could, um, you know, trying to incorporate those, you know, UDL, Universal uh, Design for Learning principles where they, they have, you know, many opportunities to learn something, whether it's watching a video or doing something else. And I stumbled upon a bunch of simulations that I still use to this day. I love the different simulations to teach them about microscopy, but I, for so, somehow, um, I think it might've been on a biology Facebook page, this program out of the University of Toledo um, called SCOPE, and SCOPE stands for Scientists Changing Our Pre-College Education. Somebody had posted you know, hey, educators, we know that everyone's scouring around to try to find an alternative for microscopy, and we are offering teachers um, to have their students remotely control a scanning electron microscope. And I thought it was too good to be true, mainly because I remember my grad school days when I was looking at, you know, trying to identify um, a fungus in um, alligator skin. Uh, I wanted to go to use, I uh, went to the University of Florida for my graduate training, and I went to go use their, their microscope, their um, electron microscope. My professor said, Heather, you literally have about 15 minutes. That's all we can afford. Like, we, you know, because it's very expensive when you want to go use the university's um, electron microscope to take pictures. And so I was like, there's no way they're doing this A, for free, and B, remotely. Like, how, I don't, you know, so I asked for, for a meeting. 
and we met and they let me, you know, play around with it. And I, I was hooked. I said, I, this is probably one of the best opportunities I could give my students remotely. One that they wouldn't even have if we were face to face. And I think that was the real powerful thing that, you know, when we were, when we, we were now back to face, this isn't something that is part now of my, my day to day or my labs, because now we're in person, we have to you know, complete everything we need to complete within the three hours. And so I, it was like this, this added feature that I, that did so much for my students. And I ended up using it in two of my different classes. Um, my micro students focused all on uh, looking for bacteria, different types of bacteria. And they also looked at blood um, cells, red blood cells. And they even did a comparison of like people that had COVID versus didn't have COVID and kind of how their blood looked different. And then also we did a mask one where they took masks like because at the time right the big mask debate so they took like a gator mask they took you know cloth mask the um, kn95 masks and then they put them under the sem and analyzed the, the openings of the fibers between like you know how big the openings were to see like you know what could this actually work is it good is it not good so that really hooked my students because not only were we looking at bacteria but we were also looking at something that was really impacting all of our lives at that at that moment. My organismal biology class, we do a big unit on plants and pollen. So they did a, a really interesting um, session on all the different types of pollen um, and how it's spread. And so if it's spiky, it means that it needs to, you know, be animal carried. And if it's smooth, it's wind carried. And again, I learned a lot. That's what I think I love the most is that things I just never knew about, I was learning and and uh, I still use all of it to this day. And I will mirror what Kathy said about, you know, the, you know, equity inclusivity part of it is that I had students that their children were, you know, at home homeschooling and they were hopping in on the scope sessions and they were controlling the, the uh, microscope and you know, there, there were, it was just really great to hear all those extra stories that we don't hear because our students are usually right in front of us for three hours. And such an expensive piece of equipment, the students would never have been exposed to it, never have been able to play around with it. So that was really a big plus. And the nice thing is that University of Toledo put together a program where they had different units and, and um, you could choose the unit that you wanted. And they actually kind of merged a couple together for me in my second semester when we did it, um, where we were looking at masks and bacteria in the same session. And um, they put together a little talk at the beginning. So they spoke a little bit about the electron microscope, the scanning EM, and also about um, the unit that we were talking about, COVID and masking and the particle sizes and things like that. So that was really nice for us because they put together the, the PowerPoint and as Heather was saying, you know, she learned a lot and I learned a lot as well. And um, so that made it very easy for us to participate as well. And they worked with us to come up with dates and times that would work for our classes, which we really appreciated. So they have a grant. So it was, you know, as Heather said, it, it didn't cost us anything. And the students, um, in, in my classes, the, the, si the size of the class was large that not every student could participate in um, operation of the microscope, but they all learned from it. And, and some of them were shy and didn't want to do it, so that was okay. But um, there was always enough participants that wanted to be able to do the control. And so they explained how to do the control and they helped them and guided them along the way. So they were wonderful. 
Yeah. And they, and you know, before pandemic, they were not, it was not um, virtual. It was all face-to-face. They would have different uh, classrooms come into them. So this really opened it up because, you know, usually they found they could only really, you know, have people that lived within a certain location, you know, or, or, you know, where they were that could participate. And now you, you know, have a, a, nationwide participation with all these other professors and even I still am teaching one of my classes asynchronously online and every semester I use them every semester my you know during that week where my students learn about pollen they have the option to go in and do this so it's still still to this day they're they're helping us well that's definitely great that's great um and as you were saying one thing we realized you know with the students and showing their family members and even as educators that when we teach you know, that's when we realize how much we actually know and we're showing someone. It's one of those things that clicks on us. And then not only that, we want to make sure that what we're teaching is correctly. So we definitely re-educate ourselves. So we continue learning. And can you say from this approach, both of you learn so much. So that's that's just great. Um, so I want to ask so about these two approaches. So what worked well and what didn't? So um, for the school program, what worked well was um, they the students really did enjoy controlling everything. It was all they, they always just had to do such a great job getting that first lecture together and, and educating the students. Um, and so that and again, I, I I told my students that this is just such a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, I it really was. The, the one downside was that because my courses were asynchronous. And there was no time. I could not expect all of my students to be there, you know, unfortunately, because, I mean, they, they were working or their kids were home. Um, so the one thing that did was a negative is that I could not have all of my students there. However, they recorded all of them for us and then they would share the Zoom recording back to us. And so I would devise a set of questions, usually about 10 questions that went along with the video. And so I said to students, like, you get extra credit if you come and you participate. I understand that it's asynchronous and maybe not be the time that you could actually attend. However, if you watch the recording and answer the questions, I know that you did, you know, participate and learn the information and get that kind of experience out of that. So I think that was one of the, the, the biggest ones for me. And I think, um, as I mentioned before, one of the downsides was that in the time period that we had, it was not always possible for every student to be able to operate the microscope. So that was something, I mean, we, we taught it synchronously. So I was able to have them at the time when the students would be there. So I didn't have that problem, but it was just a matter of can each student operate the microscope. But as I said before, not all of them, some of them were shy, so not all of them wanted to, but they all learned and they all thought it was interesting. And with the microscopy, the pluses were being able to be forced to learn how to use the microscope without a lot of outside help, being able to do the, the same kinds of things or very similar kinds of things at home as they did in the lab. So I didn't feel that they lost anything that way. I think the downside was that sometimes students got frustrated and sometimes it took them a little bit longer than I would have liked to catch on to it. And without me being there to actually help them, it was a little difficult. Although through Zoom, I was surprised at how much I could help them. They'd take a picture and it might be fuzzy and I'd be able to tell them, well, look over here or do this or do that. So that was, um, you know, 
that was helpful. I, and I even had a student assistant and my student assistant was had a microscope at home so she could zoom with them and she could help them also to figure something out. One day, uh, one of the girls didn't realize that she, um, she hadn't put the ocular lenses in correctly. And so the student assistant, you know, helped her figure that out. So we could solve some of the problems via Zoom. There were a couple of times when students got oil on their 40X objective lenses, and so they couldn't get them cleaned up properly. There was one time when we had to make arrangements to switch out a microscope, um, or we had to take it and clean it ourselves and give it back to them, but that was pretty rare. But there were sometimes those technical difficulties that were a little bit more um, troublesome to take care of without being right there with the student. And we had to also anticipate everything that we could need ahead of time. That was challenging. Um, I'm very lucky in that I had help putting together the kits and the boxes and the slides, but I know that there was a lot of pressure on the people that were helping me to do that, to get it all out to the students ahead of time, because they came and they picked up the scopes, although we could have mailed them if it was necessary. But um, when they registered for the course, they were told that they would have to come once and pick up the materials and then another time and bring them back. Uh, but that didn't end up turning out to be a big problem. We, we really were able to work around their schedules to get the scopes to them and then pick them up. And then there was the cleanup and, and checking out of everything and making sure we got everything back, that the scopes were in good shape. And I would say we really didn't have much in the way of casualties, although there were some, but you're gonna have that when you're working in person also. Yeah, now that you mentioned the 40X, you know, that's something that definitely happens a lot. And even those of us that work with it regularly, I get used to a, to a microscope. And I, in my mind, I know that when I rotate from the 10X, is going a certain way and then I start using another microscope and next thing you know I land on that for you just get it with oil so definitely I can see the you know the students doing that okay and um as I was reading the article so you mentioned the methylene blue so what what did they use it for they were just so they stained the slides with that why methylene blue specifically Yes, I wanted them to have some experience with staining. And um, as Heather said, I did use virtual simulations uh, with the students, but I wanted them to actually have some hands-on experience where they would do staining. So I had to think ahead of time, how was I gonna do this in a safe way? And what dye would be the best dye to use and would be an easy dye to dispense. So um, our lab safety supervisor suggested methylene blue. And when I looked into it, that looked like it would be a good choice. So they um, could pick a specimen like yogurt or you know any kind of fermented dairy beverage, things like that, dairy product. And they could, uh, or even take soil if they didn't have access to that because I didn't want them to go out and purchase something specifically for the lab. I didn't want them to have to have pay any extra money or do anything that they, they couldn't you know, get access to. So they would make a smear and I taught them how to air dry it. Now fixing was something we couldn't do. So um, they, they just had to let it, I told them air dry it overnight. So it's, you're really getting a good air drying. And then they just very gently stained with methylene blue. I provided them with um, materials to dispose of the methylene blue safely. And there were some things that I had them bring back so we could dispose of. And, um, and that way they could stain with methylene blue, they could do the rinsing, and then they could look at it under the microscope. And they, they took pictures and they sent me the pictures. So they had to point out to me 
where the organisms were, where the bacteria were. And I had um, individual Zoom meetings with each student where that was their responsibility was to show me what they uploaded and they would then have to, um, to circle the bacteria or point out the bacteria. And um, I had them also identify a protozoan and they had to show me that. And some of them took videos, some of them took still pictures and they had to point that out with me. So the one-on-one -on -one Zoom meetings really worked very well with that. And that would have been something that I would have done in the classroom with them is check their stains, check their, their, their slides with them one-on-one. -on -one, and I was still able to do it through um, remote teaching. Okay, so it was definitely, so they got to get that practice with the staining and at the same time, it was, it was safe for them to use. Right. Okay. And before I ask the next question, now I was thinking about something when you said about that, that you could have mailed the microscopes. You know, one thing that I found out as I was doing an, another a previous episode was that when they try mailing things to students, sometimes, you know, they realize that the address that was on file, it wasn't necessarily the same one that they were currently living on. So they had challenges where students were like, um, you know, like, Professor, where are my supplies? I haven't received them yet. And then, okay, I have this address. I'm like, no, I'm all the way across the state so that was a challenge definitely that i guess it wasn't you know it wasn't foreseen when they had to resort to mailing stuff okay so um you know since there are two options for remote learning and maybe for this will be more for you kathy since you got to work with both i mean do you find out that one worked best than the other or do they worked about the same I think they were both different experiences. So they would never have been able to operate an electron microscope without the scope program. So that gave them that layer of things. And I think that when you're, you're actually physically doing something, it helps you with the understanding of how the electron microscope operates and what you would actually visualize with the electron microscope, different from when you're just looking at pictures um, of it. So that was a different experience. And then actually getting their hands onto a microscope and focusing, that, that was a, a very different, great experience for them to have, to be able to do that. And they, they all liked being able to do both. I think that they found both to be very, very useful and fruitful. Okay, and I was gonna ask, but you're already both of you already said that, you know, like I was going to ask if they were still currently in use, but you both mentioned that you actually implemented this round. So you're currently using and you're going to continue using it because it seems that it's very beneficial for the students. And definitely, you know, online learning, it's, you know, it's very, it's convenient in the sense, you know, for the students where you can work and maybe not the commute, but there are some things like in micro that we do have to get that experience. So you can watch videos all, all day or but until you start, you know, getting your hands and grabbing slides and doing things like that. That's when you really like tie all those concepts together. So it definitely helps out. Right. It also saves a little bit of time in the lab. I didn't realize that until this week where the students are uploading photos and I'm running around after them with an iPad showing them here's your endospore and here's the, what the capsule looks like. And they could be in the middle of staying something else or doing something else in the lab. So it's not like they had to sit there with their hands up waiting for me to come around and check off their slide like they would have had to before. So I thought of that yesterday. I'm like, wow, I, I really asked a lot of them in this lab, but we got it, everything done because I didn't have to sit, they didn't have to sit there with their hands up. So I think it's a more efficient use of time. And I think it really did add to what I can do in person. 
one thing I also did, um, so when a lot of the simulations that I used and a lot of things I had students do when we were remote, I now assign as a pre-lab. Uh, so for instance, I would have students um, when we were remote, literally set up a bench like they were in a micro lab and show me how they would do like a quadrant tree. So I said, like, maybe have like a mayonnaise cap for the Petri dish and have a pen that can be your inoculating loop and you have to, what else do you need? Oh, you need a Bunsen burner. And I would have them set it up and I would have them video themselves doing a quadrant street. And then I would critique them and say, oh, you know, you forgot to reframe in between the streets. And so I, and students really liked it. And so for, you know, this semester when I'm back face to face, I said, you know, I, I wonder if having them do that before we come in the lab will make it easier for them. So I signed it as a pre-lab for that week and made them all record themselves. And this was literally probably the first semester ever. I mean, in, what, I've been there for about 15, 16 years that I have not had to help one student with their quadrant sheet. Like they came in and because they had to practice it beforehand, you know, they mock did it at their house. They came in and they got it like this. And I even asked, I'm like, hey guys, was it the pre-lab? And they're like, absolutely. We feel so much more prepared. So I feel like a lot of these resources that we had to develop and think about and find during the pandemic, it's not lost. It, it really isn't. We're just, you know, reworking it now into our classes. And I feel like it's only adding to that, to those classes and making them a lot better for the students. And a shout out also to ASM and, and Rachel for organizing, putting together a lab manual that we could use for our online remote teaching. Because some of what we were just talking about, we we was put down on paper for us. So they came up with the idea of using uh, glitter and glitter glue, and that's what what I had my students do as a mock up for quadrant streaking and and things like that. So it was pretty neat to do. And I also did the same thing with recording ahead of time, you know, where they would have to do that. That's great. So, yeah, so they get to reinforce and and start thinking and, and practicing. And when they come to class, you know, they're better for it. Okay. Is there anything else that either of you want to add about this? I guess I would say I'm happy that I had to go through this experience of remote teaching because I learned a lot about it and I hadn't taught an online course before this either. And I wouldn't be so scared if I had to teach it again as I was the first go round. Um, I actually had to teach half of the semester last semester because of an injury, um, you know, some of it online. And so what I learned came in handy then. And it's nice because if you need to meet with a student, you can accomplish some things remotely. There were some times when I, I still have my microscope at home that I used with them. There are still some times to this day that I pull that microscope out when I need to meet with a student, if it's an evening or something like that, and and I, I'll show them slides through the microscope that way. So it, it, it really does come in handy. So I did appreciate it from a learning experience. I also really enjoyed interacting with my colleagues, with my ASM colleagues, which I really hadn't interacted much with before. It's a great community and um, I still learn a lot from them. Uh, Rachel still has organized some micro EDU live sessions for us. So it's still nice to have that interchange. And so I think it re-energized me also in my teaching. I'm going to 100% say absolutely. I felt completely re-energized. I found new 
ways to teach things and new things to teach that I never had before. You know, especially like a micro, I don't really have a lot of time to do um, immunology type stuff in lab. And I found all these simulations and now I assign it as homework. So they're getting that much more. Um, and, and I do, I, ASM has been probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me uh, career-wise. Um, they're just so inviting and it's, it's been great. Um, I, I just, I, I really never thought I'd want to teach online. I did it. And now I absolutely love it. So I still teach two sections of my classes online because I, I just, I really like, um, I really like it. Specifically, I think that, you know, people say that face-to-face students talk more and I, I don't find that to be true. My, I do, my students talk all the time in the online courses. Um, I feel like I know more about them. I may not be able to recognize their face, but I feel like I learn a lot more about them through their writing um, when we're in this online situation. Um, so I, I think it's great. And I hope that Kathy and I can publish again in the future together. It was a, it was a great experience. And it's, it's important for us to disseminate information and to communicate with our peers these really cool things that we find. Yes, <clears throat> definitely. You know, and the fact that both of you, you know, collaborated, it shows in here on the episode because it just, you know, it, it from talking to both of you, it almost sounds like if you were working in the same department, you know, like just the back and forth and how you your approach to the subject. We've never met each other. <laughs> like that's it's just you don't know, you don't you don't normally have that, right? Usually you're collaborating with people you know or you we've never met each other. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. The um, ASM runs the Conference for Undergraduate Educators every summer, and so it's been online since since COVID, and that that has afforded me the opportunity to be able to attend it each year, which is nice because I'm not always able to attend it in person. So that's where um, we first presented this um, this information. We'll meet one day, Kathy. <laughs> we will <laughs> for sure. Okay, well, you know, definitely has been a, a pleasure meeting and talking to both of you. And I want to thank you for publishing this and doing this. You know, it is always great when educators, you know, just they go above and beyond and and you try to find out what can you do to help your students. And, you know, it seems that you went through, you know, you research, you, you, know, you tried, and then you implemented something that at the end, it ended up helping your students. So thank you for that. No, thank you. Pleasure. And thank you for um, for meeting with us. Yes. Yes. So definitely, you know, thank you for taking the time to of being in Let's Talk Micro. Thank, thank you. you. All right. My pleasure. And that, my dear audience, it's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy learning about this article about teaching microscopy remotely. As always, I enjoy sharing this information with you. And if you haven't checked out the previous episode about rabies, go ahead and do so. Great information about rabies, you know, virus, about what kind of virus, prevention. So go ahead and check it out. As always, continue bringing that passion to what you do. It's so important. We do such important work. So bring that passion. As always, stay motivated, stay safe, and of course, continue talking micro. Until the next time. Bye.